circle back to Magic Matt's Outlaw Radio. Yeah. Is this the great Professor Irwin Corey? Say hello, Irwin. Say hello. Oh, hello, hello, hello. It's so good to be alive. <laughs> it's an impossible to uh, generate any skill in relation to the understanding that the objectives are no longer considered. What was the question? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the world's foremost authority, Professor Irwin Corey on Outlaw Radio. Yeah. Brooklyn, New York, uh, but he's you're living in um, Manhattan these days, correct, uh, Professor? What? Are you, you're living in Manhattan? Yeah. Tell him, tell him where you live. I live not only in Manhattan, but I was uh, listening to an objective story where a young, newly married couple, the husband asked his wife, darling, 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 tell me, am I the first one? And she says, why does everybody ask that question? Hey, come on. See that? That's why he's the world's foremost authority. Uh, he introduced his unscripted, this improvisational style of stand-up at uh, the, the Hungry Eye in San Francisco, the same place Lenny Bruce once described Corey as one of the most brilliant comedians of all time. Dr. Uh, Professor Irwin Corey, were you friendly with Lenny Bruce? Did you know Lenny Bruce? About Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Your, how was your relationship with Lenny Bruce? My relationship with Lenny Bruce was wonderful. In fact, he recommended me to the people who own the establishment in London. And uh, Ken Tynan, a very, very, very interesting critic for the New York Magazine, uh, asked me to go, and I told him I was very busy that year. Why didn't you take Lenny Bruce? He thanked me for the recommendation, but evidently in England, they didn't like Lenny Bruce. Although he was brilliant, he recommended me for the job, and he wrote me a postcard letter on the back of an envelope telling me that it would be a good place to be. I recommended him for it, and therefore he never knew that, and he recommends me for it. Nice. The nice story. Each other out of town. Yeah. Marvelous. Yeah. The American uh, critic for, uh, for, for um, Variety Magazine. What's, what's that? What's that magazine for the actors? Variety. Variety. Yeah. Well, it was one of the magazines, Variety, gave me a bad review. Said I was the most unintelligent uh, and one of the worst uh, comics to reach uh, London. If he doesn't change his material, he won't outlive his usefulness on a two week appointment. I was goddamn. I had. Uh, 
week. Held over for seven weeks. Renewal on a contract that only lasted two weeks. (laughs) Nice, nice. Kind of signing at the end. In his review, I beg you to be there. (laughs) You like that? A man putting his reputation on, on, on the show that I put on. I was marvelous. Critic Schmidtick, right? Nice. Yeah, critics. Critics Schmidtick. Yeah, boy. Last time and liked them. Excellent. I'll tell you what, it was it was Loved me. In this case it was it was tremendously helpful for your career. The the great Professor Irwin Corey, born July 29th, nineteen fourteen. Happy birthday, happy one hundredth birthday. Does it feel different than when you were ninety nine? Well, thank you. I got, I got, I got, I got August, September, October, November, December, January. I'm in a hundred and a half. <laughs> so get that straight, Yeah, get that straight. And his sister, she was a hundred and two. Wow, wow! Look at that, man. It's in the genes. It, it, it's a about- nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, hey, uh, uh, Professor Irwin Corey, tell me about your panhandling, if you would. Panhandling. They want to know about your panhandling. Panhandling. Never did. Well, there wasn't panhandling in newspapers. Panhandling is you don't do anything for asking for money. The difference between panhandling and selling newspapers. And the money that I made on the papers, I sent medicine to Cuba for the children. Right, right. So, have you have you heard of uh, the 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 one of the newest uh, news uh, uh, blasts regarding um, Cuba being opened up to America now, and the embargo potentially being lifted? And if you have heard about this, what is your take on it? Is this a good thing? Is it a good thing that Cuba is friendly with America now? Do you think it's a good thing that Cuba is now open to the U.S. and they're talking about lifting the embargo? This is a sign that Cuba is now quitting the policy that Fidel Castro created. They're going back to capitalism. That's terrible. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I must... I must tell you, Professor Irwin Corey, your timing has at a hundred years old has never been better. But when he, when uh, Professor Irwin Corey says that's terrible, that's because Professor Irwin Corey is a bona fide. And please correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're a big old commie, are you not, Professor Irwin Corey? Communist. Tell him what you are. Are you a communist? Tell him about your what? He's asking you if you're a communist. No, I'm not a communist. In fact, the Communist Party refused me admission. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's far too left. So maybe I am an anarchist. But anarchism isn't bad. It means you don't have to pay. (laughs) 
Now you, you uh, at one time you appeared on uh, Late Night with David Letterman, never to return. Do you have a? Is there a reason in your mind why they never asked you back? No, you're okay. I want to tell you. Do you know how you can spy a terrorist? No, how? By their uniform. <laughs> they steal more people than anything. There were 50 million people were killed in World War Two. Did you know there were 50,000 deserters from the American Army in the Second World War? But in the Civil War, 600,000 deserters, they desert. A man that deserts from the, uh, from the battle should be honored. There he is. That's Professor Erwin Corey, ladies and gentlemen. I got to disagree with that, but well, hey, man, I'll go with it. Listen, Whatever. listen, you're, you're not disagreeing with a hundred-year-old person. Okay, what I'm you're not. doing is you're simply listening. <laughs> you're taking all of this in. Yes. We will discuss it at some point. I, I am appreciative that this man, this entertainer, has been entertaining us for some <laughs> 80, 80 some odd years. For 88 years. 80, oh. Yeah, and you, but you also campaigned for president. England had a hundred thousand deserters in World War II. <laughs> how many years you've been performing? What? By you performing, how many years you've been performing? Listen, I started in the Village Vanguard in October twentieth, nineteen forty-two. Wow! 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 And then in the I was also in a play called New Faces of 1943, Leonard Suman's show, with Alice Pierce. How many years have you been performing? 78 years you've been performing. Yeah, well... Seventy-eight, nineteen thirty-seven. Hey, Matt, he doesn't just have one handler. He's, he's got sure. two handlers. Oh, I know. Well, he's, 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 <laughs> he's Professor Irwin Corey. He, you know, he's a hundred years old. He can have as many handlers as, as he desires. Yeah. I enjoy uh, uh, Professor Irwin Corey. I especially enjoyed your appearances on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Were you friendly with Johnny? Did Did you ever have cocktails with Johnny after a show? Yeah. Johnny Carson, did you have drinks with Johnny Carson? I want what? Johnny Carson, did you have drinks with Johnny Carson after his show? Yeah, but I'll tell you something on the Carson show. I was told by Rudy Diaz, who was the talent coordinator, told me to stay away from politics. <laughs> but that was probably... And that, 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 the woman that, that Jenna DeVisi, what's her name? The one that did the uh, Academy Awards. Academy Awards. She was the, uh, the host. I wasn't oh, you mean Ellen DeGeneres? No. No. She, she, I don't know. She's not only clumsy. <laughs> nice try. 
very dull. And she says, I stay away from controversial things. I do something that are not controversial. Well, then she can shove that up her nose. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I, I think that, but don't you, in, in looking back, uh, Professor Irwin Corey, don't you believe that that was good advice to stay away from politics? Don't you think that... In, that your longevity as a performer is because it was not known that you were, I guess, if you don't mind me saying, such a socialist. Blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, your politics. Was it, a good, was it good advice to stay out of politics for your career? I don't think it's stay out of politics. It's politics and sex. Are two very exciting programs. <laughs> I left my doll in the garbage can. I think that a guy like Dick Sean, one of the greatest comics of the century, when he says, I give the flower to the garbage man. He took my flower and put it in the garbage can. <laughs> but he can do what Dick Sean did. In fact, they left his part out of the general play. They couldn't get anybody to do a Dick Sean. Dick Sean, bless my heart. Young, young boy. He was only about, I would say, about 45 years old. And I'm telling you, he was just brilliant. I agree with you, sir. Brilliant. Yeah, Professor Irwin Corey, uh, the the uh, uh, world's uh, foremost authority, we all agree with you regarding Dick Sean in this room. We're all, we're all big fans of Dick Sean. Yep. Yeah. You're you're a, you're a smart guy when you well when you stay away from politics and talk about Dick Sean, but but I think I think you're an intelligent. But yeah. Years ago, I put Dave Brenner down, but when he died, I want to tell you something. I renew my estimate. He was a very interesting personality. Yeah. You can't work as long as he did without having something to say. Yeah, and un unlike you, he lied about his age. Dave Brennan was a very good comedian, and we have suffered a tremendous loss by his death. Yeah. You, um, okay, you were in uh, a, a play, Pins and Needles, which is a, a musical comedy review about a union organizer in the Garment District. Are you a, do you enjoy being on stage in a play, or do you, uh, do you prefer being on television, if you I had your a, choice? Do you like being in a play? Do you prefer a play, over, do you prefer the stage over television? Yes, I do do. Being on stage is great because you have a live audience. Yeah. Uh, was Phil so much as a live audience, but a play is something where you develop a character. It's amazing. Listen, I love to be on the stage. In fact, I was on the stage. I didn't. Sly Facts 
twice. In fact, the one we did in New York with Drapers, I had five lines in the play. I was the most expensive actor that they had. <laughs> word. <laughs> For word, that's yeah. nice. It was, it was uh, Professor... Five lines. One line and had only one word. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Irwin Corey, was Phil Silvers a nice man? Was he nice to you? Every, every newspaper that reviewed the show praised me and said that I really took this house down with my five lines. Everybody loved me, and all the newspapers said I was the best thing in the show. They asked about Phil Silvers. Did you know Phil Silvers? Phil Silvers. Your relationship to, with Phil Silvers. In, in, you were in Bill Cole's what do you call it? The Bilko Show, an episode that was done by um, Neil Simon, got a recommendation on the, on the uh, program. And uh, Phil Silver says to me, you were on Subler once. I said twice. Listen to him. So you and you were on variety shows and game shows. I mean, you were you were Mr. Showbiz in the '60s and '70s. Not to mention the vaudeville days. For God's sakes, you were alive when Harry Houdini was performing. Did you, you ever meet Harry? Uh, Harry Houdini. <laughs> Uh, Harry might have been too, too old for him. No, Did you I ever know. meet Harry Houdini? No, he was only six or so. You Did know. you ever meet Harry Houdini? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be the third. Oh, yeah. No, he was too little for Harry Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that makes people disappear? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Made Truman disappear. Harry <laughs> 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 Truman was a piece Wait, you missed that. He just I think say I you can dose me on that. <laughs> I think what you Truman missed is crap. He said Truman is a piece of crap. A word, for, <laughs> a word you can't say on television yeah. according to George Collin, yeah. a great performer. Yeah. Very interesting guy, honest, and he reveals so many of his secrets that have been blocked on television by the United States government under the leadership of J. Edgar Hoover. I don't know what J. Edgar Hoover means. J means gay Hoover. (laughs) 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 He and Julia Donnie. Giuliani was a piece of crap. (laughs) He gave away the evidence that was proved that the Job at 9-11 was an inside job. All right. Okay. Inside job. And Blaine wanted to kill Americans. He would wait until the World Series where there would be 50,000 Americans at the Yankee Stadium. One bomb killed 50,000 people. It was an inside job. 
couldn't wait for the World Series. Listen, you're 100 years old. Don't yeah. count your opinions. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think you've earned he the right. He said don't couch your opinion. <laughs> I think you've, what he said. I think you've... Well, I think they appreciate your opinion. <laughs> yes, that's what we said. That's... But that's what you said, right? Yeah. Yes. This is... This is a man who lived through the Great Depression. For but that's sakes. what I feel. Yeah. What is it? What time does a Professor Irwin Corey wake up each morning? Are what you- time do you wake up every day? <laughs> wake up? I don't go to sleep <laughs> for a hundred years. Well, do you- I don't want to die in my sleep. Yeah. I want to die while I'm awake. Wow, wow. I want to die while I can know that I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't sleeping and not know. I agree with that. Yeah, you, you want to feel it. You, you want to get to die once. Why would you want to be robbed of it? Hey, I, tell you, I don't know if I told you. I had a sister that just died. She was 102. Yeah, wow. Yeah. One before her 103rd birthday. It was almost 103. They found out that a guy on television lived to be 250 years old. India. And they all said he's a liar. He's 500 years old. <laughs> Listen, uh, Professor Irwin Corey, I have got, be, before uh, before you go. I hate to say, uh, let me uh, couch it in another way. Be, before, <laughs> yeah, before we get off the phone with you, um, I find this so interesting that Ayn Rand was a huge fan of yours, although politically you're Rand. on two different sides of the fence. Ayn Rand was a big fan of yours. Ooh. Anne Rand. <laughs> Anne Rand. The Fountainhead, right? The Fountainhead? Yes, the Fountainhead. Yes. Who wrote The Fountainhead? Rand. Anne Rand was a big fan yeah, of yours. she was a fan of mine. Yeah, they're asking you about that. And so was Dorothy Parker. Well, but that, but that, but Professor, that You know, Dorothy Parker left her entire estate to John, to, to um, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. But see, that, but that makes sense that Dorothy would be a fan of yours. But when it comes to uh, Ayn Rand, it seems to me that, I, well, the question is, did you ever talk politics with her? I never even met her. Oh, no kidding. She met me at the village Vanguard. Mm. Mm-hmm. You never talked to her. You, you you never talked to Rand, right? She just saw no. you perform. She loved me. See, yeah. that's that's beautiful because I can separate politics. I can separate politics from love and passion for a person. As I think I'm exhibiting today, I am a huge fan of Professor Irwin Corey. And I, I am so appreciative that, that a man who has brought great entertainment to my life as a child and, and through these years and to all of us in this room, you're still kicking, you're still around, and, you're st- and you continue to be funny do who do you look up to who is your favorite comedian of all time if you have one professor who's your favorite who's your favorite comedian of all time well, there were three of them that i loved oh, four. there was lenny bruce and then there was uh the black man what was prior Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Uh, Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Winters. Mm. 
And Dick Sean. Oh, Dick Sean, right? Nice. Yeah, baby. Nice. Uh, nice. nice list. Mm. Dick wow. Who? Dick, Dick Gregory. Gregory. Dick Gregory, I got him his job. <laughs> you did? <How> did... <laughs> Used to work on Sundays. I mean, God took a day off. But I only wanted to work six days. So they took Dick Gregory. They found him at a car wash. But he used to do comedy at the black nightclubs. Right. That wasn't his first job in the nightclub, but this was the one time where he got into the white line of comics that played the Playboy Club. Got his job there because I refused to work on Sunday. He broke the color barrier. Erwin broke the color barrier putting Dick Gregory in that club. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, Professor Erwin Corey. You know who broke... The color line in baseball. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a rhetorical question. Sparkle. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Jackie Robinson, they said. Who do you think broke the color line in baseball? They said Jackie Robinson. Yeah. No, Jackie Robinson, no. <laughs> no. It was Ricky. Branch Ricky. Branch Ricky. Branch Ricky was the one that broke the color line by hiring Jackie Robinson. The farm team in Montreal. What what does what does a professor Irwin Corey consume? What do you eat in a day? I I, I need to I want to know what you eat. Yeah, what do you eat? What is your go to? Soda. Food? He just drinks orange soda. I drink orange. <laughs> That's oh, it. Hey, Bob. Bob here is the one that just brought me a bottle. I bring him orange yes. soda. He's a very interesting personality. Yeah. In contrast to some of the things that I others that I have heard, he's not he's not imitative like I am. I imitate all the people that are crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice to know. I'm gonna start drinking orange soda. He's a hundred, <laughs> Professor uh, <laughs> Professor Irwin Corey. Do do you believe there is a heaven? What? Do you believe there's a heaven? Do you believe in a heaven? Do I believe in a heaven? Mm-hmm. What kind of crap is that? <laughs> There's your answer, Matt. He can't stop. When they say that Jonah was in the whale for three days, he didn't pee, he didn't defecate, dark, there was no electricity, and he was blind. For three days, in that fairy tale, <laughs> telling the people, he was in their fish for three days. Where the hell did he get air to breathe? <laughs> oh, gee, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, Professor Irwin Corey does not sound like a Bible thumper. Um, no. I, I don't believe. No. Uh, he, kn- he knows. He knows what he hates. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him about a bush. He knows what he hates. Jews had trouble with bushes even in those days. <laughs> 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 <laughs 
Professor, that's funny. Professor Irwin Corey, uh, there, are, there are a couple folks uh, sitting around the room in the Lighten Up Lounge here in this 1876 Virginia City, Nevada-style bar in the hills. And so if, if someone here has a salient, feasible question, raise your hand and then and please ask. Okay, Chris Brown, get on that mic. Yeah. Uh, professor, your your sister lived to be 102, and you're already 100. I just want to know, what does your mom and dad think about that? <laughs> you're 100. What do your mom and dad think about that? What does your mom and dad think about your old age? Your you're mother and father. Mother and father. My mother and father? Yeah. Well, my mother was uh, something like... Uh, 97. My mother... Oh, she was something like 89. 97. 97. 97. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyone else in the room? Anything? She died last year. Yes, Frank? Hagen? I just wondered, do you, do you go to the Friars Club anymore? Do you go to the Friars Club anymore, Erwin? You do? Oh, we were there just recently. Recently, yeah. Mm. He performed, he did uh, 14 minutes. Of stand-up. He could stand and still rant, and eventually we have to carry him off because he gets a very political. A lot of Republicans, you know, in the club. <laughs> I know I, how he feels. <laughs> Damn those Republicans. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, uh, Professor Irwin Corey, I, I thank you, uh, and I speak for everyone in this room from the bottom of my heart, for spending some time with us. And please, please do us the favor of speaking with us again on your 101st birthday, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, my son says he's going to write a book. The first hundred years are the hardest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on Outlaw Radio, uh, this is something you don't get every day. The legendary Professor Irwin Corey, the world's foremost authority, and thank you so much. And... Uh, I hate to say God bless you, but I'm I'm saying that to you whether you like it or not. I Thank you, Professor. <laughs> it's all right. He didn't bless the six million I'm gonna kill, did he? <laughs> there he goes. Fourteen minutes is up. Get him off stage. We'll be this after back on Outlaw Radio. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh.